welcome to a new episode of Time to Shine. This is your host, Oscar Santolaya. Time to Shine presents you interviews with successful public speakers who share their experience and secrets with you in a weekly podcast. Hello and thank you for joining us today. The fear of public speaking It's something that almost everybody has experienced in their lives. Some people with very painful moments. Today we have in the show an extraordinary accomplished speaker who has beaten some of the fears from his early years. Tom Dowd, also known as Transformation Tom, is a prize-winning speaker, an award-winning and Amazon best-selling author, coach, and radio host. Hello, Tom. Welcome to the show. Oscar, thank you for having me on your show. I appreciate it. Tom, could you start telling us a bit more about yourself and your, and your latest projects? Yeah, that'd be great. I've been in the financial industry and customer service business for almost 25 years. As you mentioned, I do have my own coaching, training, and speaking business that's been out there for about five years. I've been married for... 20 years uh, last month uh, and have three teenage daughters. I live in the United States in the state of Maine. I'm the author of five books. Uh, most recently, the last two are Time Management Manifesto and the Unofficial Guide to Fatherhood. Uh, I think we're going to be speaking mostly about my second book, which is called From Fear to Success, A Practical Public Speaking Guide. I have a couple online programs. Um, one is on time management, and the other is on how to find a job through Avenue.com, and that's A-V-A-N-O-O.com. And it's a 30-day program that helps people with two- to three-minute uh, videos how to improve in those topics. I've recently, what I found uh, with my business is I, I've been migrating a lot of my keynote addresses to actually extended uh, four-hour training sessions. So that's, if you want to call that project, that seems to be the most mm -hmm. uh, recent projects that I'm migrating to. But I'm spending a lot of time investing myself back into Toastmasters International, the National Speakers Association, because as we'll find out throughout today, and I'm sure on all of your shows, that speaking is a skill that must constantly be refined and honed. Sure. And you mentioned five years ago you s is when you start being a speaker, or how did, how did your yeah. career as public speaker start? Well, it started probably in the seventh grade when I was petrified and had to give that presentation in front of the classroom. But my, my career as a public speaker started um, when I joined Toastmasters in 2008. And I did it simply to boost my resume. Mm -hmm. We had a club that was trying to get off the ground in my organization. And so I thought I'd help to sponsor it or be a mentor for it. And what I found is it changed my life and career. Um, from there, in 2008, I became a member of the National Speakers Association because I started teaching some of the newer managers at work and became eligible for the National Speakers Association. I had people outside the company ask if they could pay me for to teach their people how to develop themselves professionally, whether it was time management, interviewing, resume writing, those types of things. And so I started doing that uh, in two, a little after 2010, and so it's, it's been going fantastic ever since. And the best advice I ever got during mm -hmm. that time was don't quit your day job. <laughs> and, and part of that was to say, listen, for all of uh, the people out there who think they're going to magically 
become these incredible speakers, it, it takes time, it takes investment, it takes energy, and you have to build on that. One day you're not going to magically start paying your bills because you're a speaker. And it was great advice because now I actually get the best of both worlds. I have a full-time job in a financial industry, in the industry, and I absolutely love it. But I also get to speak and train and coach on the side, and I get to share my passion and my teaching with others. So it's, it's been a phenomenal ride for the last five years or so. Mm, sounds really awesome. And great that you started, uh, people start asking you to teach and coach for several, several business-related topics, right? Not only the speaking skills. Now, uh, I mentioned that you are auto, you also mentioned that. Could you tell us why you decided to write a book about public speaking? Well, because I am, and I say this in the present tense, painfully shy and introverted. And I had to deal with my communication issues head on since I had to spend, I spent so much time, I told you in the seventh grade, since that point I said I'm going to avoid it. Hmm. Well, you can't avoid it. And public speaking goes beyond a microphone, a lectern. It, it's really that having a conversation with whether it's one person or a thousand people, you're still having a conversation. You need to learn how to communicate. But I decided a, a while back that I had to have more success professionally, and I had to do that by gaining confidence. And you gain confidence by learning how to communicate and believe in what you're doing. And my company was just taken over, and I really had a choice to make and an attitude change. And that is either to work on keeping my job or taking uh, simply just surviving in that mm -hmm. new world that I was in, or really trying to figure out a way to thrive, and that's to take control of my own career. And I did that because I learned to communicate with influence. And I was told for 18 years on my performance appraisals that I couldn't communicate. But after I joined Toastmasters, I found out it had nothing to do with communication. It had everything to do with confidence. And so I started to pick up an awful lot of confidence, which helped these skills, and the skills are not just speaking. I, I learned to speak better. I learned to write better. I learned to organize my thoughts better. I could listen better. I could think more quickly on my feet. And so I became an avid competitor in some speech contests through Toastmasters International. And in my quest for improvement, I started reading a lot of books. But what I found was just there are a lot of good ones out there mm -hmm. but sure. there were a lot of them were geared towards professional speakers or go in depth to what's going on mentally or physically a lot were medical related or academic i stripped it down to the basics and i wanted to create a reference guide that you could just keep going back to as you mature as a speaker each chapter starts to have a different meaning for you so each chapter averages maybe one to three paragraphs. It hits you square between the eyes, bite-sized chapters. And people have appreciated the simplicity to the book itself. And they do go back to it time and time again as they mature as speakers. And it talks a little about what I just talked about. It, a lot of public speaking is more about confidence and communication skill. We're surrounded by it. It's not just having a microphone in your hand. Uh, but it's a skill that we must constantly work on. And taking the first step is the hardest one of saying, I don't want to improve, or I know I want to improve, I'm just not sure how to. And this gives you very easy steps to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. So it's a book for, let's say, all levels of a public speaker. It really is. And I've had professional speakers and amateurs tell me that they were able to get something out of it. Mm -hmm. They both have benefit of that. 
And by the way, for anyone interested, it is on Amazon right now for ninety nine cents through the end of August. Well, so uh, the ebook version. So take advantage of it if you want. Okay, great to hear. Thanks. And as you mentioned, that you talk about confidence as more important than speaking skills. And why are people afraid of public speaking? Uh, for a lot of reasons. You know, one, they may be out of their comfort zone. They might be in a new situation or a new environment. New equals stressful. Imagine driving in a city you've never been to before mm -hmm. and you don't have a map or a GPS. It's that same feeling we get. Your knuckles are tight and, and you have these white knuckles going on as you're holding on to the steering wheel. It's that same feeling we get. And we also have this risk of failure or this fear of embarrassment. We start saying, what if? I fail, what if I'm embarrassed myself, what if I'm boring? And I'd say, then don't be. <laughs> Prepare as best that you can and don't be boring. Uh, put yourself in a position to not fail. Put yourself in a position where you're not going to embarrass yourself. And that takes practice and preparation. And I think people see that as work, but in reality, it make, if you're constantly working on it, um, you're going to become better at it. And how many times have you heard a speaker start a presentation, hi, this is Tom Dowd, and I'm really excited to be here. <laughs> <laughs> Are you really? <laughs> and, and that's the point. Is that you have to go in. And part of that anxiety, you can use that energy. Use that to create energy. And that anxiety might be the, this anxious energy. You can just let it fly and be out there and loosen yourself up a little bit. There's a lot of fears because of cultural apprehension. You know, we've, we've been taught very early on that we should be afraid of public speaking because that's how everyone reacts to it. But that is because we're, we're thinking about hundreds of people while on stage. But start thinking about it in terms of having a daily conversation you have at the dinner table with your family or your friends. You know, that's what it's all about. You know, whether you're talking to kids or a, you're a coach of a sports team or you're trying to improve your sales at work, you know, stop trying to avoid it and put yourself in the middle of it um, because it's impossible to avoid it. And once you start taking conscious efforts to make yourself better, you're starting to knock those little corners of anxiety off. And people are afraid for a variety of reasons, but when they start to figure out the symptoms that help them or that are coming on, they can start doing something about it. And I'll give you an example. My legs used to shake uncontrollably. So one of the things I started doing was I stopped hanging on to the lectern with my with this tight grip, and I simply went in front of it and walked the stage. Mm -hmm. And that loosened me up, and all of a sudden, my communication, I was starting to connect with the audience in front of me. Figure out what your symptoms are and start to work around them and play to your strength. So it's a lot of uh, awareness no? to know what are, how the fear of uh, public speaking uh, applies in yourself. So that's the first thing to overcome the fear of public speaking. Yeah, start doing it. <laughs> stop, <laughs> stop avoiding it and start to take mm -hmm. the action steps sure. to get over your fear. And you, you can start by picking up a good book, and I, I know one. <laughs> <laughs> But it's, it's important to continue to work on these skills and, and you can start simply grab a mentor get someone to mm -hmm. give you good solid objective advice mm -hmm. be a mentor you know, as you're teaching others how to work on their communication you'll be surprised how much more you'll learn is start to prepare how many times have you been in a situation where someone's you just ran into someone and you couldn't come up with the thoughts 
It put, mm. Start putting together some, a one to two minute elevator speech and start having conversations with people with confidence. And those little preparation points are the, the pieces that will get over your fear of public speaking. You can do it by visualizing your success, you, making sure that mentally you're prepared for it. You know, start talking about something that you know. Share stories that you're familiar with. It eases attention because you're not making anything up. You're talking about things that you're very familiar with. And that gets you mentally into it. You've got to believe as a speaker that you're there, that people are there to listen to you. And you've got to believe you have a message to share. And all that mental leads to physical. And the physical preparations as you're about to speak, it just take some deep breaths. Stretch out some of the tension, whether it's in your neck or your shoulders. Avoid caffeine. You don't want to be shaking uncontrollably. <laughs> because, because it's interesting, when you're shaking, uh, your, your mind instantly goes to, why am I shaking? How am I doing this? And you're becoming, you're, you're, it's very I-related. You know, what, yes. what am I feeling? What am I doing? But you really want to think in terms of the audience. What are you doing for them? So by not shaking, you're actually spending more time thinking about the message you're trying to deliver. And that's really what it's all about. It's, it's about the audience. And as beginning speakers, you migrate from the selfish speaker to a selfless speaker by, by stop asking at the end of it, how did I do? And you start asking, were you able to get something out of it? And when that mind switches over, uh, the audience is getting more out of it. And you become a little bit more at ease because you know that people are walking away with something. Yeah, excellent way to, to summarize this. Uh, yeah, starting with yourself and yeah, as you as you said, these small exercises such as practicing how to introduce yourself, how to tell simple personal stories that will help you to to get going in, in easy conversations. And you 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 mentioned already the, the confidence as part of all all this. Could you say a little bit more about confidence? Yeah, it's interesting. Even when you're confidently wrong, people listen to you. <laughs> just, <laughs> just look at some of the politicians in the U.S. Mm -hmm. running for president right now. People have a tendency to listen to confident people. And so yes. just imagine if you're confidently right, how many more people will sure. listen to you. Yeah, I was told for, for 18 you know, 20 years on my performance appraisals that I needed to work on my communication skills. I was a communication major in college. But I was also told I was long-winded, I had too many details, I was a poor mm -hmm. listener, and I was told that so many times. I thought I had communication skills issues, mm -hmm. but in reality, I had confidence issues. Well. And confidence builds, when you have confidence, it builds trust, it puts you at ease, it gives the audience uh, the confidence to want to listen to you, and we start feeding off of each other's energy. Communication skills can be taught, and they can be taught over time. But telling someone to be confident, it's tough. It's tough to be taught, and it isn't taught as much as being earned through your own mental belief that you do have an important message to share. And by the way, we all have a message to share. You mentioned short stories. We all have stories to share. So keep a notebook. Keep a folder mm -hmm. of interesting anecdotes and stories that you can share with others and you can start attaching some important messages to that and all of a sudden you start to realize wow i've got a lot to mm. share as a speaker and that in its own right will increase your confidence yeah that's that's absolutely correct and everybody has something to say and very interesting things to say to the others and others are listening 
are ready to listen to that. So now you mentioned stories. Could you share some personal story that put you from from fear to success? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I was told, I told you I had people saying, hey, can you talk to my organization or group about this? And they didn't all pay early on. But I got my first pay, major speaking engagement, mm -hmm. and they asked for an hour-long keynote address. It was in front of 400 nurses at one of their conventions, and, and I was petrified. You know, the presenter before me spoke about uh, the topic was menopause. <laughs> so there I was following the menopause presentation, and I got up there, and my mind spinning. How do I transition from menopause to talking about a, a keynote address about taking action, believing you can make a difference? Mm -hmm. and Did this inspirational note. So mm -hmm. I got up on stage and, and I made a comment that a sense, uh, well, since I had just seen the menopause presentation, I wanted to make sure that the, the temperature in the room was okay. And the crowd burst out laughing and the rest was easy. And we had a good time. I connected immediately with the audience. We had a good laugh over it. And, and it's posted on my website, Transformation Tom. It's one of the first videos on the front page. Oh. And it's it's I go back to that anytime I, I say, hey, you know, what is, if I'm fearing something, can I grab the audience's attention and relate to them in, in some way? But the, what's really interesting is how that whole speaking engagement came up, because I think this is part of the success story and really launched my speaking career. I had opened up my high school yearbook 20 years after graduation. It was just one of those things that was sitting in front of me and I was smacked in the face with a memory of a friend who had passed away a few years after high school due to cystic fibrosis. And I put together a, a story about how he lived his life to the fullest and, and it actually be, became this inspiration to me because I kept, people kept asking for these inspirational stories and I would share it. And I saw this message on Facebook uh, from his sister about the anniversary of his death. And after I went back and forth in my head on whether I should share a video of his speech, uh, I put it down there. And I hadn't talked to her since the funeral, so it had been quite some time. But I, I decided uh, to put the comment on there, and, and she asked for a copy of the video, and she saw it. And then I get this friend request from someone with the last name Smith, and I have no idea who they are. And I I continued reading her message, and it mentioned how that video went viral through her family, friends, and neighbors. And this led to a new, a new friendship. It led to the largest payday uh, to date, to one of the speaking engagements that I had. I was invited to be the keynote address, but when I delivered that in front of the 400 nurses, in the audience was, and my friend's name was Jack, was Jack's mom. Jack's aunt, Jack's sister, and Jack's cousin. And I got to deliver that speech live in front of them. And, and I go back to that moment a lot as how can I be afraid to share such an important message with so many others to live their life to the fullest with the greatest audience in front of me? And that was the people that, that he touched. And from there, I mean, speaking becomes easy from that point. It was a special moment. And could you explain me in in the first part of your story when you transition to in the in the first speech for to the nurses when you had this pause you you I think you hesitate what to say <laughs> what helped you to find this transition? 
Yeah, the, the transition is, it's still, it's no longer about me, the speaker. It is about the audience. And as I was walking up to the stage, I know the audience was asking themselves, how are we going to move from <laughs> the topic of menopause to this inspirational keynote address? And as I got up there, I looked in their eyes, because they had been there for, for six hours. And they had just, and they had some breaks in between, but they just came off an hour-long presentation on menopause. And it was a very good technical medical related uh, on menopause. But I know that, that we make a lot of jokes about it. And, and I simply said, can I make a tasteful comment um, that, that's not going to offend anyone mm -hmm. and let them know that I was paying attention to the previous presentations myself over the last six hours. Mm -hmm. And I found a way to to go back and touch the audience and, and we had a good laugh and it gave me a chance to just take a deep breath during that time after I said that while they're laughing I'm laughing along with them I'm taking a deep breath and now I'm ready to get into my stories I wanted to share and, um, it, and it was one of those chances that I had my speech memorized I had it well known but I, I had to take a chance to break off of my script so I can ensure that I was having a real-life conversation with the audience. And, and at that very moment, and I'm not sure why it happened, but at that moment I decided it was time to break from script and, and really connect with the audience. And it was a good lesson to me to do that more often. Uh, so it's not just a canned message that, it's, mm -hmm. that I'm there listening, that this is really about them and not me. Tom, and as you have been writing several books on different topics. Could you tell us uh, some trends or innovations that you see in presentations and public speaking? Yeah, it's really interesting because the art of speaking is changing. Whether it is due to companies cutting their costs, you, know, mm -hmm. you have a lot of people saying, we, we need less trainers or we're putting a lot of things online. Mm -hmm. We have the ease of technology so people can do webinars from their desk versus traveling. You have on, the online training that I mentioned before. Uh, the business of speaking is changing. So where some people could easily be inspired or motivated because of the presence of a speaker, it's not that way anymore. And it's going away because of these webinars and training methods. Uh, it's going by way of the dinosaur. We're not just looking for <laughs> motivational speakers anymore. We're talking about content. And those who can marry the technology with their audience needs find more success. They have stronger content. You know, for example, uh, I, I mentioned the two programs that I have with Avenue.com. So when I talk to a group about time management, mm -hmm. I, can, I can meet their needs as an organization, whether they want a half-hour keynote on time management or a four-hour session, I've got it. But I also can then marry it to the technology and have a complement of a training material on time management that will reinforce the message so they can keep going, going back and forth. So those that can marry the two together and not be afraid of technology but actually use it to their advantage can now use it not just on the platform but can and use it to make their business a little bit more successful. And that is the business of speaking is how do you get the word out there and not just stand up on a stage? How do you ensure that your message gets into as many hands as possible? And in today's society feels that, you know, I, I don't have a whole lot of time or they're overwhelmed with information. And that as speakers, we can help take some of that pressure off the person by 
you know, pack, making sure that we have a package that, that goes well with them. Or as I wrote the From Fear to Success book, I, I wrote it in easily digestible chapters because I was thinking of the audience of the people saying, I don't have time to read, but I do want to get in. I do want to improve my speaking skills. So it, it's being able to understand what people want and need and then tailor your message to meet it. Yeah, that's really excellent piece of advice. Times are changing, as you said, and the same happens like in a author of a book. If you just, you know, a speaker, just a author of a book, if you can offer something online, additionally, it's going to be much better. We will benefit more the, the needs of the, of the readers. And the same happened to the speakers, as you said, not everything has to be on stage. No? You can keep some bonus can be yeah. used online. Now, Tom, could you share with us your favorite quotation? Well, it's one from an inspirational speaker, uh, John C. Maxwell. Mm -hmm. And I saw it on a wall when I was promoted one time, and I was petrified in, in starting this new job. And it said, change is inevitable, growth is optional. And I've carried that with me, uh, that saying from John C. Maxwell, uh, that we're constantly in an evolving world It's what do we want to do about it? Do we want to grow? Do we mm. want to move and shake with it? Do we want to be a part of the solution and part of the change? And that's what it's all about. It's don't be afraid of change. Grow mm. with it. Yeah. Keep growing because the change will come. will always come. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, could you now recommend us one, one book that has inspired you or influenced you and you think is a good read for us? Yeah, I'm guessing you don't want me to recommend my own books, too. <laughs> no, <I'm just> kidding. <laughs> I, I, yeah, one of my favorite books, and I do have a copy on it, uh, of the desk, and it is tattered and it's torn. It's Don't Sweat the Small Stuff by, by Dr. Richard Carlson. And Dr. Richard Carlson wrote it in the late 90s, and I read a chapter a day. It's very easy reading. It, it has changed my mentality on easily digestible content that people can easily grasp. And it, it has calmed me down in, in the midst of storms. It has um, taught me easy ways to be clear and concise with people, but give them action. You know, people want to take away some action from it. And it's taught me to change how I communicate. And I've read, I've been through that book so many times. There's a hundred chapters to it. And I, I just keep going through it uh, a few times a year, and I've been doing that for over 15 years, and I highly recommend it for anyone that's out there. Oh, thank you. Sounds like another great book for my reading list. <laughs> Tom, finally, could you share with us an exercise, something practical that you recommend to do us daily or weekly as a routine to shine? Yeah, I would say write... And when you're done, write some more. And when you're done, write some more. Write, write, write. And when we think of, as speakers, we think of speaking, but we don't think of the content that goes along with it. And when you learn to become a better writer, your emails become more efficient. Your people listen to you. You can formulate your thoughts so much better, and it comes with writing. My very first book, it was called The Transformation of a Doubting Comic, mm -hmm. growing from a cynic to a professional in the corporate world. I handed it to a friend for the early bits of editing on it, 
And she said, there's just something to this book, and I don't know what it is. I really like everything about it, except the second half seemed to be so much better than the first, and I can't put my <laughs> finger on it. And I said, you just did. You're telling me that my writing got better in the second half because mm. I was writing for six months. And it became so much stronger. I went back and I rewrote the first half of the book. And I became so much, I was proud that I finished the book. But I became so much more proud that I chose to take someone's feedback and do something with it, which became a better read for the audience. And I'm glad she said something about it because uh, I'm not sure what I would think of the book. I think that the messaging would have been strong, the actions that mm -hmm. I was requesting of people. But it, it flowed better. It became tighter in its writing. It became so much more clear and concise. Write, write, write every single day, um, even if it's just a journal. Keep writing, and you'll be surprised how much stronger your presentations will be, what a better speaker you will be, and your ability to think more quickly uh, because of your writing skills. Well, that's really very convincing. It's a great example of what, what you say on your own book, huh? yeah. how your writing evolved, even in, in the timeline of writing your own book. Tom, has been an excellent interview. Thanks a lot for sharing all your views or about the fear of public speaking, about confidence, about the trends coming and about writing and everything. And could you finally tell us how our listeners can learn more about you or follow you, how to find your books, for instance? Could you tell us? Yeah, they can go to Amazon and, and there are five books that are there. Uh, on Amazon, look it up under Thomas B. Dowd Third. Um, or look them up by title, and, and uh, there are just a couple that are out there. The Transformation of the Doubting Thomas, From Fear to Success, Time Management Manifesto, The Unofficial Guide to Fatherhood. Um, and you can find, uh, and then uh, Displacement Day, when my job was looking for a job, uh, mm -hmm. for those that are off looking for a job. You can get a hold of me on uh, Twitter at, at TomDowd4. On LinkedIn, under Thomas B. Dowd. On Facebook, look uh, at my business page, Thomas Dowd Professional Development and Coaching. And uh, my website and YouTube channel are the same. They're Transformation Tom. So if you look up TransformationTom.com, uh, you also have access to all of those things I just talked about. And you can subscribe to my website, my newsletters, uh, any one of those social medias, and I'll be glad to uh, stay in touch. Awesome. Thank you very much, Tom, for all the... Great interview, a great job you are doing, and I wish you all the best. Oh, Oscar, I wish you the best as well. Have a transformational day. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you. Dear listeners of Time to Shine, this is the end of today's episode. If you like our show, please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Stitcher, or for more information, visit our website, www.com. Time to shine podcast.com. Welcome to listen to us again next week.